Welcome to The Metamorphosis. My name is Gabrielle Meraki. I am your host and today we have a really special episode because I have a guest with me today and it's not just any guest. It's been my travel companion throughout this Bali trip and we actually spent 10 days in complete silence together before we even talked which we're gonna go a bit further into today marcella is (laughs) her name it's such a pleasure having you and i just want to take a moment to really appreciate you and your presence and your essence and how you have impacted this whole trip for for me so thank you and just being around your confident radiant energy has been really inspiring and nurturing for me on a soul level (sighs) so thank thank you you. (laughs) (sighs) so marcella welcome to the metamorphosis Thank you for the invitation. It's my pleasure to be here. Yeah. (laughs) And you also have so much interesting background that we're so lucky to get to dive a little bit deeper into today. Because when we first met, when we broke the silence of the silence retreat, like me, you, and Fatima, like, kind of spontaneously decided that we were heading up to Ahmed together and then we ended up doing or celebrating Christmas and going on a whole bunch of adventures that yeah we had so much fun and it was really just the start of the whole friendship that we have developed throughout the last month here in Bali and this trip would never have been the same experience if it wasn't for you. So, yeah, thank you. <laughs> you know, for me, it was after the Vipassana, um, you were one of the persons I just, you know, like, picked up. Like, I really want to get to know this girl. Yeah. So it was there immediately. So... The pleasure is mine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was kind of funny, actually, because I think we talked about this, but how I have more of like an introverted energy, especially around new people and groups of people. And you kind of just picked me out <laughs> of the group. You're like, this human. <laughs> and now we're here like... A month later, quite precisely, actually, a month later, and we've been on this whole adventure. Okay, so yeah, I'm curious, how did you even end up on, like, the whole idea of traveling to Bali and also doing 10 days in complete silence? Um, the reason why I wanted to do Vipassana was that I knew I needed to reconnect with my inner peace. And Bali was actually on my list since like 2019 maybe, but then the COVID hit and um, so it changed my plan a little. And it was last year when I wanted to go to Bali, but it just didn't happen. And this year, or let's say like last year, 2023, I was like, I have to do it. Like, I promised that to myself. So I just have to do it. Uh, So the final decision uh, came to me in like in October, I guess, when I just like booked the flight ticket. Yeah. And I, I knew I needed a Vipassana or some like silent retreat and really spend the 10 days on my own. And I was on a waiting list, actually. I was 11th. Mm. So I was, like, waiting uh, to the last moment to be accepted. 
Um, but yeah, it happened. So it was like quite fast, like from because um, Aripasana started thirteenth uh, of December. So like the last two months were kind of you know like really fast happening. Um, but that, yeah, that was the reason. Yeah, and I love that how you hold yourself accountable and keeping the promise to yourself of actually going and doing such a like I how I see the vipassana is like it's quite an extreme thing to do to get the reconnection instead of just going to like a breathwork class or a yoga class it's like diving into 10 days of silence it's quite a big step to take and leading up to that did you feel like a lot of resistance or a lot of nervousness around going into the experience Mm, I think I was ready for that but I remember like nine years back or like 2016 or 15 when my ex-boyfriend he attended this 10-day vipassana and after his sharing you know, like sharing his experience. I was interested in it. Uh, Back in time, I was a yoga teacher, so I already had, you know, some experience with yoga meditations. Uh, So I went for Vipassana, like introductory class or something like that. I think I spent two hours there and I couldn't stand it. It was just like too much for me back then. And now I just like felt that I need like more profound experience so I was looking forward to it. Uh, and of course, I was nervous a bit, like how these days, you know, th- these 10 days are going to be. Um, but it was okay, kind of, yeah. 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 How was it for you? <sighs> well, so I have this tendency of sometimes not thinking things all the way through. But I have the calling towards something and I know that the calling is real. So I follow through with it. But I didn't realize how tough the experience was going to be before I was there. Then it hit me when I delivered my phone and when I saw the meditation cell and the Dhamma Hall. Then my resistance hit me like really, really hard. Before I was like, know that it was happening. I was kind of excited for it. And I also felt, of course, a bit of resistance, but really not too much. When we talk about Vipassana or like 10 days in silence, I feel like my idea of it was really different than what it actually was because I didn't know like the depth of the technique that we was going to do and when you hear like 10 days in silence it can sound kind of just like 10 days in silence but what I found so challenging it was like the routine getting up at four every day meditating for 12 hours every day and going to these depths within ourselves and going into what a Vipassana or 10 days in silence actually is. Like, why do we do this? And how did it actually look like? Like our days we spent in there. For me, I actually didn't expect to get into my patterns you know that I really experienced like seeing my patterns what I do and like having some breakdowns and I just I don't know why because you know I have some meditation practice I was a yoga teacher for many years and I kind of focused like when coming to Vipassana, just like for the time for myself, just like clearing my mind, having this structure. I actually enjoyed the structure that somebody just woke me up, (laughs) served the meal to me. It was so good. But I kind of like forgot the part of, oh, yeah, I'm going to like touch my 
uh, trigger points. I'm gonna like see what I don't want to see in myself. And that was like during the Vipassana, that was the surprising part. Like, oh yeah, here we go. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. And that was what I realized as well because like 10 days in silent, it can seem so just like empty, but I was also surprised of how filled every single hour in there was with, like you said, the different patterns and triggers that can finally come to the surface when we don't have anything to numb or distract ourselves with. So even though it seems like silence, maybe nothing is happening, there is so much happening on like the internal and emotional level when you just spend time with yourself. And what I also felt was so profound was also seeing my patterns, but without all of the situations that I normally bring my patterns into. Mm. It was just like nothingness. It was stillness and me and my patterns. And I really struggled with that in the beginning, actually, because it was hitting me so hard how much time I was using on unnecessary patterns like overthinking and going in loops in the mind of like past relationships what I said what I did like and realizing that this the thoughts that are going through our brains they're not so different from day to day in my experience at least I would like to hear how that was for you as well but what I realized was that it's the same thoughts and the same patterns that are taking up like 90% of the time that I spend inside of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that much new stuff. So how was that for you like when seeing your own patterns? Yeah, I could like see myself thinking either in the past of and like like repeating you know some actions and thinking of what I should have told differently what I should have done differently so I think my thoughts went either to the past like you know going through the past experiences mostly the bad ones or like unpleasant feelings or situations what I wasn't comfortable with and then the second part was, and it's interesting because that's on the other hand, like the pleasant situations or pleasant emotions, I would like to enjoy in the future. So there were like the, the bad past memories mm. and the, the good, you know, future moments I would love to wish or experience. So I really like could caught myself or catch myself like thinking of oh this would be nice if and ta -da, da 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 and during my normal life I think I'm not that much into like these you know like two worlds like past and the future I think I'm more like in the present but just like you know like doing the normal daily stuff thinking of what I need to do next so this was like because there was nothing ongoing like in the <laughs> presence just you know sleep meditate eat sleep <laughs> meditate eat like nothing in between yes. so so I could like catch myself into like those two patterns I think that was like my first three days doing that and then when my mind got bored with that or kind of like I could have the overview and I could like go back into the present moment like when I could like catch myself okay now I'm thinking about something in the future or in the past and let's just go back to the breath and let's go back to the present moment so when this this happened more natural to me then I had this stage of having the the moment of I know what to do, you know, like the, the aha moment or the, you know, like the blessed feeling of being right where I need to be doing the correct thing and just some 
like visions i would call it like visions like mm. when i get home what i need to do like what i need to focus at so like all this just like happened afterwards but i think this is still um something what is made by the mind you know it's like it's still just you know the mind processing or coming up or making up something yeah what i also felt coming up is like the power of the stillness because when you find inner stillness and inner peace then stuff that are actually aligned like on a soul level from a body perspective not only from the mind then it has the room and the space to come through and here is where i feel we use or we can start to use the mind as like our biggest helper mm -hmm. instead of our biggest sabotage when the mind is constantly keeping us like you say in the past in the future always trying to figure out what happened or what I'm going to do next but when we have the clarity through the stillness then we can use the mind as this like sacred tool that it is like if we look at us humans we're the only animal that think in the way that we do so it's like are we going to use our mind as like use the the good helpful parts of the mind or are we just going to let the mind spin do its own thing and remove us from the present moment yeah i think there is the difference in between the the inner the soul voice and the voice coming out from the ego or the mind yeah. and to distinguish in between those two voices yeah. that's the the key yeah and then the the mind should be the servant but not the master right there is this saying of it's a good servant but bad master and i think like behind or like after that but i think like everyone needs to go first through this like mind bullshit and stuff to really like go deeper and like get connected with this like inner voice knowing that this is the voice i should listen to not just the the repetitive thoughts or the pattern i know or the the pattern i have been through before yeah exactly i really get what you're saying there and i feel this whole topic is like complex in that way because it's easy for us to just say like yeah just make your mind your your servant but it's like there is a whole lifetime of experiences and trauma and ingrained thought loops that has come from trauma and wounding that has to be worked through for one to be able to come to the place where you have the clarity to distinguish what is the real voice and what is the mind like ego trying to keep you safe it's still operating out of a place of survival or having to protect you from the underlying pain that you're not allowing yourself to feel when we live like in society that is so like busy and go 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 all of the time now i feel like when just talking about meditation it's like before i went in there i maybe didn't have that much of a picture of what we're we're going to do <laughs> but when i think about meditating for 12 hours a day i picture just like sitting still and that was in one sense what we were doing but then the, it is the whole technique that we went through as well that was such a huge part of everything and like step by step how we developed the meditation technique throughout of the days and which took us from one internal state to the next one to the next one to the next one yeah do you want to explain like what is actually the technique that we did and how does it work 
Yeah, I can. Um, so the Vipassana meditation has its roots in uh, Buddhist tradition. So it's basically um, like a meditation or a way how to free yourself and like be happy. That's like the easiest way how to say it. But what is uh, what is it about? It's about like seeing the impermanence while meditating accepting the reality as it is and not craving for something uh, neither neglecting something but this is I think still too general so let me like go more like deep uh, how it like goes because the first three days we were just set to uh, sit and observe the breath and whenever our mind goes somewhere else just like taking back and then the te- there was a teacher who was checking how we were going and then the teacher asked us um, are you able to bring your awareness or attention back within five minutes uh, and that was so challenging so uh, those three days were just like about bringing the attention back to the breath uh, and not just the breath, but the breath uh, around our nostrils. And I think this is so important because it needs to be like physical. Whenever we talk about breath, it can be like too abstract, but we need something solid, what we can like... To connect connect. the mind, breath, body and spirit. Yes, yeah. So those first three days were about that. And that's what we are talking about like a few minutes earlier. That that was the stage when my mind was just like going, you know, back and forward and inventing all those stories. Uh, and then the fourth day, we started to practice the, the Vipassana uh, meditation, uh, which means like to observe the sensations in the body. And we started just with the sensations around the nostrils, like the triangle in between nose and the mouth. Um, And then the day after, I think it was the day after or maybe two days after. I'm not sure because we were not allowed to take notes. So I'm actually not sure how it was precisely. Uh, But after that, we were um, asked to observe the sensations around our body and like scanning, doing the body scan. Um, and like really notice every part of the body. Um, and after that, uh, we focused on, um, we focused on like, uh, like a flow within the body, either like coming from inside or outside. Um, maybe you can add something to that because for me, this part was kind of like difficult, I had like difficulties to do this like flow from outside, but I, I could do it from like the inside. And that was like my task to to focus all my attention into like the inner process, like bringing it up. Mm. And then the last part was the meta, which means um, like infusing your body with love. Yes. Basically, it was like the the last band-aid on the wound as the teacher said or described it in that way because what we also do yeah like we said it's opening a lot of wounds that hasn't been uh, taken care of properly so the last part was really just filling us up with love again and going back to uh, like the sensations inside and outside of the body that was yeah really interesting because it was moving so many times through the tensions in the body and accepting them and through the acceptance for them to be allowed to be dissolved like from natural side because you actually allow the body to feel something all the way through And then when all of the tensions and blocks that is in the body that we don't usually always 
even notice in our day-to-day life because we're so busy with everything else when we clear all of those blocks through the body scan then it was to not just scan the body but allow the free flow of energy to just flow through the body it was not this like structured like going through all of the parts noticing like eyelids ears nose uh, mouth upper lip bottom lip it was not that strict but it was just allowing like being so free of blocks within the body that the life force energy is just flowing like freely and then filling the body when there is no blocks with just love and I think that is like the ultimate outcome of this experience I mean it's really hard it's probably like Buddha style to be able to live like this like enlightened love all of the time that's for me at least like very next level Um, but it's cool to like experience it for short periods of time (laughs) do you remember when I experienced that I think it was for me Yeah, it was for me maybe like the fourth day when I had like this big crisis and I was crying and I was talking to the teacher and I was really like, I had the breakdown that day. And the day after, it was kind of better. I felt good without any expectations. That was the moment like to accept it as it is. And then I was saying to the teacher that I'm not able to feel um, the sensations like on my body outside, but I can feel it inside. And that evening during one meditation, it just happened to me. I don't know how, but I felt the vibrations all around my body. It was like tickling and like energy flow all around my body. And I was filled with joy. And, and But I was kind of like surprised by that. And it was the end of the day. Um, and we could like ask some questions and I was like waiting for everyone to leave the room the the, the Dhamma hall and it was only you <laughs> sitting there and That's I was like actually so funny and I was like shall I ask and then I, I just like stood up and I was about to leave the room and I stuffed myself in the middle of going out of the room and I came back and still I was like yeah I'm gonna ask like even though I'm not alone here and then I I just like asked the teacher like hey this is like happening to me and I'm afraid I was not able to go to sleep because it was just so powerful and like tickling and energy everywhere and filled with joy and and energy um yeah so that happened that evening and you witnessed that I don't know how it was for you because we were not allowed to talk we were not even allowed to look into each other's eyes so I really felt that as my like personal experience and then like having, you know, a stranger <laughs> witnessing <laughs> such a situation. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny that it was just the two of us left there of like everyone. <laughs> no, I also remember that really clearly because I was feeling on the complete other side of the spec. No, was, what was that night? Yeah, no, I was feeling really... I was challenged that day. That was a hard one for me. But I remember your energy so clearly because it was... You were, like, laughing and giggling and, like, having this whole experience. I could, like, feel your energy through the room even though I weren't on the same level at all. And then when I came up there, I was like asking a complete different question of how to like navigate how I felt all of the tensions in my body and what to do with it but yeah that was um that I don't remember what day it was but I remember for me that day I think that must have been day four can that be right I think it was more it was like six or seventh Because it was like already after the body scan. Okay, yeah, that makes sense actually. Yeah, yeah, because on day five, that was that was a profound one for me, and because previously I have experienced similar things, but through mind altering 
helpers, <laughs> we could say. <laughs> like plant medicine ceremonies okay. and stuff like this. Yeah. Um, but that day, on day number five, I had a complete loss of my ego. It felt like an ego death but purely through meditation. And after that, it didn't mean that that ego death feeling was going to continue for the last five days. But it was still such a profound experience because I remembered or I remember that it was just so empty inside of me. It was like I had cleared out all of the thought loops and all of the emotions that I have attached my identity to and my ego to, like the stories that my ego my ego continue to tell to keep different things alive, but it was just like nothing. And this lasted for hours and I was almost like worried I, I remember I came down to my room and I was just like I had to say something out loud to myself <laughs> because it was so silent I didn't have a single thought in my brain so I was kind of like worried I was like hello <laughs> hello <laughs> is, is anybody here <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like where are you <laughs> to like myself I was like hello <laughs> so it was um yeah but and that d didn't mean that that was my new reality in any sense then I think day six and day seven was harder again because then it was like I cleared out one level and then I was ready to go to the next level of things but I still got that little portion of peace and silence that I have never experienced before through like just meditation so so that was really interesting and I feel like this also goes a bit into like the acceptance and the law of impermanence that was huge topics and themes while we were in there because just because you experience something and even when it's a good feeling, to not attach yourself oh, yeah. to it. I like when I had this like big sensation the day after, I wanted it again. You know, I had the craving for such a nice and pleasant and joyful feeling. And what Vipassana teaches is, is that everything changes. Everything comes and leaves and that we shouldn't crave for the pleasant things and we shouldn't deny the unpleasant things so the day after that it was for me so profound teaching that I could observe me craving for that sensation for that feeling and I knew that I shouldn't crave but I still was craving and that was so hard for me and I'm grateful for that um and I could saw, I could observe my inner frustration, you know, like I want, I want to get rid of it, but I cannot, I don't know how to do it. And the whole day was just so hard for me because my mind was just like getting back to this thought. And then when I just accept that I'm not experiencing it, like I just accepted that it's not here. And I think even I had, you know, I felt the pain in my body and I couldn't even sit an hour without moving. So like all that, you know, all those like unpleasant sensations, pain, feelings, everything came up to me again. And the, yeah, the, the magical moment or the miracle happens like when I just accept, accept it that it's not here anymore. And might be it will not be again that it's possible that I will never get back to this feeling. How was it for you after this ego death and yeah, the acceptance and this law of impermanence? It was really similar to what you are experiencing, and it's so interesting to observe that this is what's going on, and then not being able to instantly just shift something 
and realizing that this is a pattern that is so much deeper than just my conscious mind. It's like a deeply rooted pattern within the subconscious and that that's one of the reasons why we do stuff like this to actually get to the reprogramming of the subconscious mind and because I also had that struggle of thinking like okay now this is my new reality because also on day seven that was like the two biggest days for me it was day number five and day number seven the other days are kind of like a a blur a little bit but I remember those two so clearly and because at day seven then I had like the ecstasy feeling then I was like I was the happiest I think I've ever felt I was just like flowing with life I was observing the ants I was feeling the grass on my feet I was tasting the food in like a complete different way because I was so present and that was like pure bliss and ecstasy and then day eight came and I was kind of again attaching to that feeling of how good I now know that reality can be how good this life can feel and then I'm like oh I was just feeling good. Can't I just meditate my way back to feeling good? And then I tried to like find the good feelings within myself. And what that does is just create, again, so much internal stickiness on an energetic level and so many new blocks. It's not letting life just flow because that's what it ultimately is when accepting all of the different states that we can find ourselves in as human beings so I also was really again facing my ego I had also experienced the ego death but all of a sudden the ego was back and then I was like (laughs) I thought you were we had been through this already and that's such a huge part of this all for me like when you when you were talking about the ego like oh you are back here again i had this uh this situation like with my with my wounds that when what i was talking about at the beginning that i could again like feel my wounds and Mm, I am a psychotherapist. I have background in psychology and I'm a certified coach and I went like through all that. And that one day when I had the breakdown, I was talking to the teacher and I was crying and I said, I know where this is coming from. I know that this is the, the trauma I experienced and this is the same topic what every time comes up. I know it and it's here again. And the teacher said, yeah, and it's going to like be here forever. And I was like, yeah, of course. This is just like, it, it just keeps coming back. This is me and this is the part of my life. And this is what uh, what made me being me. So I think that the key is also to accept it. That this is, it's not going to disappear. And I think it's impossible to heal it or to cure it. Well, I think it's possible to like to heal yourself through the acceptance that it's here. That the only way how to heal it is to accept it. And um, of course, like what the topic is, is the like conditional love and like not feeling enough or that uh, achieving something to feel my worth. So it was like this topic of that I don't need to do anything to feel my self-worth or I don't need to do anything to be loved. And like I think my biggest, um, the biggest outcome I had was that the biggest unconditional love, I can give it to myself, that nobody else in the world can give it this to me. 
and especially for romantic relationship this is such a big thing like not wanting the unconditional love from somebody else because if i imagine another person who has his wounds traumas and like just story behind and this person just needs to take care of himself not taking care of myself this is my responsibility to take care of myself so that was such a big thing for me to realize and really feel it in my body that this uncond I, I already felt this unconditional love within myself and it was so good so that was i think the biggest the biggest thing for me yeah and how has it been for you after like this feeling of unconditional love for yourself has it been easy to keep the connection with that feeling now that you're quote unquote back in the real world um it's it's easier to reconnect to that feeling and uh what vipassana teaches or like all of these techniques they say just observe it so i can whenever i find myself looking for either the unconditional love or whatever outside i can observe myself wanting something from outside and the but i think there is this ability at that moment i don't have the ability to find it within myself but i can see the pattern so now at this moment i can see that okay now i want something from you know somebody else or from the outer world or from the outside authority uh and i can see that pattern and i think that's the first important step to see it to observe that pattern because in order to change something first we need to see it we need to know it's here and sometimes i am able to stop it and sometimes i'm just not like when i am weak or when i feel you know bad or like not sleeping enough not like e- eating bad food and like all these things what like hold me back um so in these moments i can observe it but i cannot change it and then again i learned that the only way is just to accept that i'm not able to do it at this moment mm. but it doesn't mean that it will stay like that forever it means that i might be able to change it in few hours or tomorrow or that's the law of impermanence that it will change again and just accept that it's here and it's here again and it will come back again mm. uh it helps me a lot yeah And I'm curious like when you see the pattern it takes a lot of strength to like break out of it. But how are you able to or like know the difference between that you're actually not able to do something with it in the moment and like being lazy or like not having the um, enough drive force within you to actually change something mm-hmm. i usually ask myself like is it is it some emotion or like my emotional pattern what takes me somewhere but i have the strength to change it or to detach from that bad emotion you know like when i feel down or frustrated or unloved or whatever so if is it this case i can usually just ask myself is it just my emotion what is now building up my reality or is it the reality itself So when is it just the emotion I can usually just tell myself okay but I'm not the emotion it's just I experience this emotion but I can choose it and I can change it and I know myself that I need to move that the movement helps me so whenever I start moving and the movement helps and I kind of detach from that emotion that's like the key for me that okay I can change it but whenever i ask myself is it 
is it the emotion or is it like something else, some like deeper level of whatever it is that I'm not able to face at the moment. So then the key is just like accept that I need a bunch of chocolate and lay down and just experience that without fighting with that. Because for me, I always have this like inner fight like that, you know, I try to yeah yeah when I'm like I don't want it but I have it and like this inner conflict and the self-sabotage and the 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 critical voice which is saying like you are not able to change it so then just like accept it is the the way how to how to change it like that's again the, the, the miracle key is accepting that now I am not able to do anything with it with myself yeah for sure it is i love what you said just there like acceptance is the magical key to healing ultimately and another question here that i'm wondering is like how can you differentiate between numbing an emotion or like suppressing it and then being present with it and accepting it yeah, I think there are like um, several ways that you can like either ask the emotion like, why are you here? What do you need? And like kind of like talk to that emotion to see what message it carries or what message is, is behind that. Yeah, I think the key is like, actually in the question you ask like that if we want to suppress something it means we don't want to experience it we want to either you know there are different ways how to how to do that it it can be food it can be work it can be sex it can be like whatever substances we use to feel better to to change that emotional level we experience or we are experiencing at the moment so I think it's again like the self-questioning whether am I doing this to feel differently or am I doing this because I accept as it is and yeah that was like what I was saying before like accepting it as it is it's usually like sit with the emotion or find a way, find some time to just be in a stillness or like being quiet for some time and just accept that like inner demon or it's usually connected with something we don't want to. Mm-hmm. But again, the key is to, to just like invite it. Okay, you are here. What can I do with you? Like... Is it today the way that I will really just order pizza and beer and watch some Netflix or whatever? And is it this the way to accept it that I feel down or whatever? Or if I order the pizza and eat it all and watch some Netflix, will that be, you know, the suppressing uh, strategy? You know what I mean? Like, it, it can both work, I think. The key is the intention behind that. Yeah. Do I do that consciously or do I do that unconsciously? Yeah. And being like radical, honest with yourself yes. about what you're actually experiencing, yes. like cutting your own bullshit in a sense, but meeting yourself in all of it and seeing like, yeah, what do I actually want to do with it? Being honest with yourself. Because what I also really love about you and your presence is how you're bringing this really grounded approach to all of this spiritual work that can sometimes be a little bit up in the clouds, like not having these firm concepts because it's just about working with spirit. But you have so much background in what you do that you're really grounding a lot of these spiritual concepts that is actually working Mm. so how has that been for you to be on this spiritual healing journey but having that experience that you carry with you 
I like the saying that we are like unlimited souls or unlimited people within the animal's youth or within the limited body. So I think that like grounding all this like through the body, through what we experience, through like the movement, the breath and all those techniques help to embody all this like spiritual experience and um, to live it in this moment and in this reality because I think it's so easy to you know to live in the heights or I, I say it's so easy to meditate in a in a cave without other people and without your normal life but we are here living in the 21st century and we all have you know a kind of normal life and to bring that spirituality into the normal life um, and just like being a better person, practicing all those techniques, I think this is the key that um, just like be here and now and enjoy the life with whatever it offers. And sometimes the, the spiritual path can seem like um, like a gateway to a different di dimension, but why would I escape to another dimension if I am here? I have this body, I live like in this city, in this century and like connected with this. I think this is just the key how to how to have how to be a good person and yeah. just live a good life. Yeah, I remember a couple of months ago, I was actually on a cabin trip with two girlfriends and like one of the topics for the weekend that kept coming up was like the most spiritual thing you can do is being human because we're also coming back to the law of impermanence within this because this human experience, the only thing that is promised to every single one of us is death. Like ultimately, that's what we're all doing. We're walking home together we're walking back to the spirit realm closer and closer every day so it's really what you're saying like embracing all the parts of being human while we're here is so important yeah and i think that like using all those techniques and no matter what it is you know some people they they do more yoga they meditate they 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 run or they do like whatever like spiritual technique is to just being more aware of my own patterns and being able to change those patterns or being yeah nicer to other people and i think all this is just to and, and be in peace like within yourself and also with others and the surroundings and with the world so I think the spirituality should be a tool how to like use all that for like the best of the life can offer to yeah. us. Yeah, and I love what you said to just be a better human, to be nicer to other humans, to what you always like what you also do which is so admirable is like how you always see the potential in people which can be a lot of different things but <laughs> <laughs> if you see where I'm getting like at the yeah. end of the day I think it's a really beautiful thing to to like look through your love glasses when you yeah. walk in the world and realize that this life can be like a really good life yeah. when we find inner peace when we look for the positivity when we find the joy in all of the small moments and that returning to that life is fun because what I also feel oftentimes with all of this spiritual healing work is that it can become kind of heavy and very serious like now I'm going to heal and that is probably also needed but I feel like it's so important to keep like the light-hearted loving fun energy when we go into actually healing these dark 
parts of ourselves because it's going to end. So it's not that serious. It's serious because it's going to give us yeah. a result that's going to benefit us and all of the people we love. But it's still like, it's not that serious. <laughs> If you get what I'm saying. <laughs> so bringing in like, yeah, a little bit of play, a little bit of fun. Which I feel like you're also really, really good at doing. Yeah, I, I think I have that gift naturally. But I like your saying that it's a blessing and a curse. So sometimes I don't see the, you know, the risks that I need. I, I need to ask some other people to help me, like, get there. Uh, so I usually see the potential and, like, the way through. But I use it, like, in my work with clients, and I like it that, like, whenever a person comes, I always, like, see him or her uh, as a person who can do whatever he or she wants to. And usually people come, you know, in a moment when they are stuck with something or they feel that they cannot move forward. And I kind of, like, don't care with, like, what is behind that because... I just have the complete trust that they can change, that they can move forward. And like seeing this potential, I sometimes I think I sometimes f see and feel the potential in themselves, in, in them more than they do. Yeah, like, so you're becoming the permission slip for the client to step into that energy and that viewpoint for themselves. Yeah, and I think it's like um, like zooming out from the current situation because because if a person comes with some like, you know, bad life, you know, life moment, so then the person is just so attached to that situation. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to like, you know, to see other options and other possibilities. Mm. So, like, zooming out and, like, opening the the world of, yeah, it can be different. That's what helps. And what I feel like we have been doing is, like, quite the extreme version when we're talking going 10 days into complete silence. That is quite an extreme way of taking the step back and starting yeah. to be aware of your own patterns But do you have a more, like, doable way of doing this without having to go 10 days into meditation, but something that is a bit more, feels a little bit easier for people who's not necessarily ready to commit to the 10 days? Yeah, um... I think there are different ways and usually the, the one which is the, the correct one at the moment is like it appears on its own. Um, yeah, it's like I have the psychotherapy background, so I'm going to talk about that a little, that uh, some people who do that through the psychotherapy. So I, I think the process is actually very similar to what we did in Vipassana. It's like having the awareness of what's going on just like using the senses of like what is going on in my body what are my feelings about what do I think of what do, do I sense and just like having more profound perception uh, of what's going on and then like having the awareness that this is going on And talking about the past, like to heal some traumas or the, like open up the wounds. It's actually like similar process, just like to, to being aware. What is it? What are the trigger points that usually start that, you know, that feeling or that pattern coming up again? And then while seeing the pattern, stopping it or changing it on the way. So... One way can be like the psychotherapy, like going through that. Uh, the other ways can be just like doing that on your own with like journaling or I don't know, like five minutes, you know, time for yourself in the morning or in the evening, just like going through. Okay, so what did I do today? Uh, if I if there was some conflict or whatever, why did I react that way? Like what made me to to do that? And like, again, like 
gaining the awareness because the awareness is the first way the first step to change it and then like other people they use like yeah different like body techniques like ceremonies or maybe you can add something because i think like all uh roads lead to rome or lead, lead to home like yeah 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 i really agree and that's i guess what you're doing through the coaching as well is like being the opening for someone to get out of their own pattern of like breaking that uh, narrow pointed view yeah. of like being very wrapped up in the reality that a certain emotion creates and yeah that's for me like my way of doing that has been through breath work that has been my main modality and also journaling and now meditation I was really used to going into the long breathwork sessions and releasing a lot of emotion and getting to know myself very deeply through those sessions. But what I have learned now after the 10 days in silence is also the importance of silence. So mm -hmm. now that has become one of my mains as well. It's like meditating every single day and checking in with myself has been profound for me to ask myself questions because if questions are not asked it's really difficult to have like a clarity of what's going on but if I actually take the time to sit with myself and ask then I give myself the guideline of like okay then I can tune into that question what does this feel like in my system what is coming up when I have something to go after instead of just journal whatever comes to my mind but now it's been practice for me like checking in with myself every day like asking myself asking my inner child my inner teenager like how are you doing today? And I also use like my name to make it a little bit more personal. I give myself a hug and really try to create these moments of just presence with myself throughout the day. That's what I feel with having all of these different modalities that ultimately gives a lot of the similar results but also implement in implementing it into life not just having the practice and then forgetting about it when you st step off the mat or leave the meditation or close the journal it's about starting to live in that energy as well for me that's the breath work is like i take deep breaths throughout the day all day and that becomes my anchor so what I have also learned through all of this healing that I've done in different healing modalities it has really just inspired me how to start to live life in a different way to live life with more presence with more awareness and that's what I also feel like we do through, even if you do yoga, if you do breath work, if you do meditation, it's like you connect with the body, you feel the body. So the result of that would hopefully be that after your session, you're going to feel more connected to your body and that it's going to stay with you throughout the day. So that has been, yeah, a big thing for me as well to like mm. live in the things that we practice yeah and i like uh, when you mentioned the stillness because i think the meditation can be just a few minutes sitting with yourself and just observing what's going on and but you need the time for that and the stillness like not doing anything and just observe how the body is where the mind is and what's going on 
and i think this is this is this can this can be the the simplest way how to how to do it you know some people they say i don't know how to meditate i don't know how to do that and yeah connection with the body with the breath or just like sitting and being with yourself without distractions mm. is is the key and then according what suits you or what you like i think each person just has his own way you know how to connect with yourself exactly and it doesn't even have to be a spiritual practice yeah. i feel like musicians that's yeah. the same energy that they tap into dancers it's the same yeah. healing experience like i'm not a musician or a dancer but i, I can imagine <laughs> that this is yeah. what it's like when you tap into like either a flow state or just a space where you feel like you can be 100% yourself and channel something else than yourself to like surrender to the practice, surrender to the music, surrender to the sound. And I feel in that space, a lot of healing happens. So, and it's naturally becoming a thing that spirituality and healing goes hand in hand but i feel like it's it doesn't necessarily have to be in that way because we can heal in in so many ways this is also just us finding our personal approach to healing through spirituality it's like it, it looks so different for anyone for everyone so it's really about just trying all of the different things and seeing like what what fits you i guess yeah i agree <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so hearing your view on all of this has been great and so valuable to have like the psychotherapy background and the coaching background inside all of these topics so thank you so much for sharing and my last question for you would be if you could give any advice to someone who is on the path of healing and returning to their truth what would that be i could say the kind of like stereotypic answer like uh just follow your heart and do what feels right um but i'm gonna add something else and it is surround yourself with people who you feel safe with mm. who support you and who you can get in touch within yourself because i think it helps a lot not being completely alone or not feeling like you know, like the black sheep within, you know, that nobody understands me or something like that. So really find people who support you with that or you feel safe and comfortable with to share that and who who see the potential and the best in you. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. <sighs> yeah, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. So to you who are listening, thank you for being on the journey with us and for tuning in. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. I will leave all of the contact info to Marcella in the description box of this video, of this episode, so you could reach out to any of us if it's anything you would like to discuss further so i'm sending so much love and yes as cringy as it sounds keep following your heart <laughs> until next time go follow your heart and i can't wait to talk to you again bye